real chills. Real scary. Real silly. Real stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Real Chills. And we are so excited today because this is our Halloween 2020 episode. And our guest is our friend, Josh Siri, here to tell us some, some wild tales. We're really excited. Welcome, Josh. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, my story comes from a personal experience. When I was about, I would say, about 12 years old. And I guess it starts a little bit earlier than that because I am from the great state of Arizona and my grandparents used to own a bed and breakfast in a town in Northern Arizona called Flagstaff. Um, a lot of tourists there and they definitely had a lot of awesome stories and tales. Um, but my my uh, my spooky story kind of revolves around some of their tales and then some of what I encountered. So I'm excited to uh, to share a little bit about what I know and what I've experienced. Um, it started when I heard of a person that they had over in their bed and breakfast. So they had a bunch of different characters um, from famous people to past presidents to everything in between. They, they, had a, they had a lot of people staying over and it was always like, oh, remember this guy, remember this lady, remember this person who was, who was always here who uh, had different stories to tell. And they always had at least one or two good stories whenever I would go over. Um, and that was kind of like part of my childhood. You know, we, we would go over, help clean different rooms in the bed and breakfast. It was only like five rooms. So it wasn't like a huge endeavor or anything like that. But it was it was uh, fun to kind of get to have that I don't know, hospitality experience. Um, and I remember one person that they talked about that they would always say, even like years after um, he was staying there, was probably in 2004, this guy um, had stayed at their bed and breakfast. And he was definitely a weird character because he requested to stay. Like usually they would have people just kind of show up and be like, hey, do you have a room kind of thing? Some people mostly would call in. It was kind of before the internet really mm -hmm. took off for any kind of those kind of appointments but he would he came in i think it was at like 11 p.m or maybe close to midnight and he all he had was like a backpack and they figured he was just you know just someone who was maybe um hitchhiking or something like that they didn't usually ask too much information from their guests mm -hmm. um but they he they asked him if he needed a room he basically said he needed a room and they remember that he went to his room he was probably only there because they 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 kind of like uh, did a lot of cleaning and a lot of preparing breakfast for the next morning, like in the night in the bed and breakfast there. And they remember him leaving at like two or three in the morning. So he really was only in his room for like a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. And then he came back for breakfast at like six or six thirty or seven because they remember him coming through the door and they sat him down and he had breakfast. And it was always just something odd about him. And I think he stayed for like two days, they said. And it was always like the same story. Like they, he would always leave early in the morning and he would come back late, like 6.37, have breakfast and then go to sleep. Just a weird person, just a weird character. And um, they always were, they always kind of gossiped a little bit about, uh, oh, what could he have been doing? Like, why did he have to stay only for three hours a night kind of thing? Um, <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was, it was always just one of those like, oh, what was happening? Well, fast forward a couple of years until like 2008. So, um, yeah, so like four years later, we, they, my grandparents were actually selling the bed and breakfast. So we were kind of preparing it to be sold, preparing it to mm. have a new 
owner and they probably weren't going to use it for bed and breakfast, but it was kind of nearing the end of an era. So we were all reminiscing. And even though I was pretty, still pretty young, I still had, you know, stories of, uh, we would always talk about different guests and that guy, backpack guy, we'll call him for now. He, he, uh, always came up within those stories. So when we were cleaning, uh, I was still pretty little cause I was probably like 10 or 11 at the time. And, um, hey, we were cleaning to kind of go through the opportunity to sell the house. We were cleaning the kitchen. We were cleaning the living room. We were cleaning the dining room. Uh, each room kind of needed deep cleaning. So we moved the fridge. And I remember there was like, it was, a, it was like a commercial sized fridge. And when we moved it, it looked like there was a patch in the wall that had been patched over like uh, drywall and stucco. Yeah, and then, and, then, and then there was like almost as if it was just plastered with kind of like the putty, but mm. in in a space probably like three feet by three feet. Oh, least. wow. Like huge, huge hole that looked mm-hmm. like it was just plastered over with putty. And my, my grandpa is a, is a pretty handy man. He's not like, uh, he he did a lot of work with his hands. He did a lot of wood wood building and stuff like that. But he was like, I never have seen this before. And they didn't need to move the fridge a lot i guess so they didn't really have a need to see what was behind it (laughs) so we ended up we were feeling adventurous that day i guess so so we ended up breaking through the plaster and we see a staircase like a concrete staircase down (gasps) into nothing and i was a little shocked because um i'd always I, i was I don't know. Maybe it was just because I grew up in Arizona. There, there really are no basements in Arizona. I kind of envy a lot of people who grow up in different different states where like basements are a normal thing. Because I always thought basements were cool as a kid. So I was like, oh, it's a basement. Let's go down there. And like my parents and grandparents are kind of freaking out, and they're like, okay, well you can go down there. Like you're, <laughs> you're you're a little you're small enough you can go down. And so I went down, and we kind of like made a hole big enough within the wall, kind of tore up and oh things. And I remember walking down those steps and there's probably maybe eight steps maybe ten but it wasn't like a long staircase and it wasn't like four or five and i walked down and it was so dark i didn't bring a flashlight down the first time i went down it was so dark but i was like it it felt really it felt really dark too i don't know if that's Mm. the right word to say but it felt Mm -hmm. like i just felt scared and i never really was scared especially like of the dark or like that i was scared of heights but I was going down, so it's it not like I was scared of that. Mm-hmm. But I felt like super scared, and I was like, "Never mind, I need a flashlight." And so I like ran up, ran back up the stairs, and was like telling my grand grandparents and parents, "Hey, like I need a flashlight to look down there." I guess in the meantime, my grandparents had kind of pulled out the building plans for the for the house, huh. and there was no mention of <laughs> another room. No. Oh. Yeah. Not not like with the city. Not no like permits for anything else. No. Oh, here's like a basement. Like when they bought it twelve years ago, and or now. And so you know, like I I, I guess I kind of like I was like, oh, what, what's down there? So we got a flashlight, or I think it was you know like a electric lantern or something like that. And I took it down and. I was still the only one to go down this first time, but I took it down and I remember, I remember seeing kind of like a concrete table in the middle of this room. It was probably like a, probably like, no, 16 feet by 16 feet, just like a square room. And I remember it just being like dark and there was like no windows 
there was no like decorations or anything like that. It was just, it, it was like a concrete, muddy, damp room. And there was a concrete table in the middle of the room. And there was like a bunch of sheets on the table. Oh, and then on the walls was like a bunch of different tools. Like it looked like some saws. It looked like a bunch of different knives and like some Ugh. wooden, I don't know, other things. Like just, it just looked like a bunch, like if you were, <laughs> if, if you were to pull up a random scene in any episode of Dexter, it looked like oh, something man. like right out of that. Ugh. I hadn't watched Dexter at that point in time, but now that I had, it looked exactly like that. And I was so, I don't know, freaked out was the right word. But I, was, <laughs> I was like, yes. this is, <laughs> I was like, this is weird. Um, so I ran up the stairs and I was like, you guys got to see this. At first they thought I was just, you know, making things up. But we ended up getting uh, uh, axe and like opening up the hole more so that all of us could go down. Mm-hmm. And I remember all of us going down. It was me, my parents, and my grandparents. And we went down and s- saw everything that I had seen. And we all immediately started feeling like super angry at each other. It was the weirdest feeling. And we still talk about it like to this day. We we started feeling like upset and like really pissed off at each other. And it was almost to the point where we started like arguing about who was going to like go back up to get like a camera or like who was going to get back up, go back up to like call someone. It was like we were arguing over like little things mm-hmm. while this was happening. And like someone, I forget who it was, but like someone was like, we just need to get out of here. Like that was like the yeah. feeling in the room. And so we walked back up the stairs and we're like, okay, what needs to happen now? Cause like, this isn't, just a normal day like oh okay we'll just tell the landlord or tell the tell the realtor and everything will be okay <laughs> so we ended up calling the uh, police department and it must have been like four or five hours like we were there just kind of like telling about it because then we also went and tried to get um, official records to for the building instruction to see if there was you know just any mention of mm-hmm. a room there or anything like that now, here's kind of where it gets a little bit even crazier because we ended up realizing that um, I think it was three or four previous owners. Um, it belonged to a priest who uh, was kind of doing forbidden exorcisms. What? And while he didn't specify that he had another room, we... we think that that might have been related so anyways we, we we you know we find out that that he was like one of the previous owners and like I, I think he was like long gone but it was like it was kind of known as whether it was a myth or not it was kind of known that he was like performing exorcisms when they were out of style or out of fashion or i don't even oh. know if they're still performed today or anything but it, it was not cool at that point in time especially mm. in flagstaff so we ended up like finding that out we just wanted to see if like the city knew anything about like a you know, a, a full 16 by 16 feet room that's 10 feet underground of this building, you know, <laughs> but no one, like we couldn't find anything official. Um, there was like, I, I think there was like a request that was put in, but it never, nothing ever happened about it. But then we, when we went to the police, we were like, Hey, we need to like, we're, we didn't touch anything, but you need to go check this out because like, we think it might, there, there could be something wrong with this whole situation. 
And uh, so we ended up getting a police officer to come back with us. Now, when we all got back to bed and breakfast, we realized that we hadn't locked it, first of all. And that wasn't something odd. Mm. But because we people just kind of left things unlocked, I guess. But we didn't remember um, leaving the there, – there was a door to the patio. And then it was an enclosed patio. And that door was closed. But we didn't remember leaving the second patio door into the house open. And that was like wide open. It, was, it wasn't something we thought about until later. But mm-hmm. it was just something curious to us. And, and even my – grandparents like to this day still talk about certain times of like doors closing at the house and and uh you know lights being turned on when they should have been turned off you know just just simple things they're like oh like it probably is haunted in some way shape or form but mm-hmm. you never gave a second thought to it but when we went back in with the police officer we went down the opening walked down the stairs and there was nothing in that room <gasps> what Mm-mm. There was still the concrete table, like it, but it was empty. There was no more sheets on oh the uh, on the table. There was nothing on the wall. There was <gasps> nothing uh, like on the floor or anything. It, it didn't. It didn't look like it had been cleaned, but it did not even look like the same room. And uh. the weird part is, it didn't even feel like the same room. Like that feeling that I talked about about it feeling angry and like upset and like pissed off at people. It wasn't like that anymore it was like it was like you were walking into like a normal bedroom again and so we were so we were so like confused and and even like i even even now like when we're telling it like everyone's like oh no you all just made this up and like got together and like (laughs) talked talked about like making it up i'm like no because like we all looked at each other at that time and it was like no we weren't we didn't just remember this Mm-mm. So that, that's that's pretty much like the whole story. But here's where I like we kind of like over the years have kind of like dove into this a little bit more and been like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe this is what happened. So this is my thoughts. In that time, in um, so when that when that guy was there, so four years before 2004, like around 2000, 1998, 1999, there was some unsolved murders in Flagstaff. Um, happened around about 2.5 miles from the bed and breakfast out in the woods where they believe that the people, I believe it was two uh, females who were murdered. They believe that they weren't murdered in the woods, but murdered somewhere else and brought there. Now the, the, there was only, um, a rough sketch of the person who they believed to have done that. And it, I guess it didn't click at that point in time, but since it was still unsolved, they, my, my grandparents and us think that it was backpack guy. And maybe he brought them back to the bed and breakfast in the middle of the night, moved the fridge, killed them down there and then did whatever. And I know it's a lot of work, but maybe that makes sense. <laughs> the other thing is maybe he was still in Flagstaff. And during that four hours that we were at the uh, at the police station, I mean, it wasn't secret that that had been sold. And it was kind of like a landmark within Flagstaff just for local businesses, bed and breakfast sold. Maybe he went back and cleaned things up because he knew something was going to happen. 
<laughs> I don't know. Those are my thoughts. Oh my gosh. Josh, this story's crazy. I'm like it, in shock. I'm sorry you can't see me. It probably <laughs> sounds like I'm bored, but I'm literally like, I don't like I I don't think I blinked for your entire story. <laughs> I just stared like what? It was, I am so glad that the first time I walked down and I saw it, it wasn't, I'm, I'm glad that I got someone to follow me down immediately. Cause you know, as like a eight year old kid, no one's going to say like, oh yeah, you just made that up. You're just like seeing things. Cause you saw a scary movie like the day before. I'm glad I have like people corroborating <laughs> my story. Your entire family. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's so perfect that you actually have other witnesses. Holy crap. This is so wild. So many questions. Meg, go ahead. Can I start? Okay. Go for it. Okay. And I'm not, this isn't me grilling you. So if you don't know the answer, I'm not like trying to like verify the story. I just have, I, I listen to Dateline a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just, just so you know, like this may sound like I'm trying to not verify the story, but I just have a million questions. So first, no, I get it. with Backpack Guy, how long after his visit to the bed and breakfast did you find the room? Um, so I, I think I had accidentally said the wrong dates like before, but it was around 2004 that we were selling the bed and breakfast. And so it was around six years earlier that he was there. So I would say, uh, I would say about six years Okay. from Um, what I remember and what my grandparents remember. Like the very last couple of years of the nineties. Yes. The last couple of years of the nineties, he was the resident. So around the same time that the girls were murdered, he was staying at the bed and breakfast. Yes. Okay. Creepy. And then does it say the cause of death for the women? Was it something quick or I'll have to I'll have to find the exact article. I forgot to I have it. I have to pull it up right there. Yay. Okay. Perfect. I have to get it. <laughs> okay, because that says um, their cause of death. Yeah, I believe I believe it does. Like it says, um I th- I think it was um I can't remember if it was a gunshot. But I think within that article, it states that they don't think that that gunshot was like the actual killing. It was just like a gunshot at the scene and perhaps the actual death happened. Right. Because sometimes with murders, they'll like do like a just in case gunshot. So it's possible they they could have been already dead when they were shot. That happens sometimes. What did the cops say that you brought back to the room? Were they just like, thanks for wasting my time? kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much um i i don't think it was around a certain time i can't i can't remember too specific about what mm-hmm. time we like what time of the year mm-hmm. um but i know that especially like i i i know that um kind of like in flagstaff there's a lot of uh college students especially who kind of make up a lot of haunted stories oh, yeah, for sure. the police to go especially because there's a lot of places within Flagstaff that are known as haunted, yes. haunted places. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I don't remember them being empathetic in any way. I just kind of <laughs> remember them being like, okay, yeah. Like I, I think they wrote down some things, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't until like probably even two or three years after that, that we even thought about looking for, Oh, what, what, what happened like around this time? Like, was there any unsolved murders? Was there any solved murders, you know, around this time that we actually started looking more into that? That's crazy. The only thing I can think though, is the, the one weird part is that I feel like with so many tools, like even with sheets, there'd be so much blood 
So I feel like it has to be like older or even like Alyssa and I kind of talked about your story a little bit before you came on the case, but like, even like, if it's like, you know how sometimes in movies with ghosts, you see a room that like the way it was like a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, it almost feels like you were seeing something like way older yeah, it, story? It, it definitely could have been because like that that was the other thing is I, I don't even even like me, I'm pretty skeptical about certain things. Um, yeah. But then I definitely felt almost like a demonic slash possession yeah. type feeling, especially those, oh. those feelings that we felt like in the room. So like, yeah, oh, it's weird. one of those things where like the in a lot of ways, we probably want it to be this unsolved murder because then it would kind of explain away a lot of even deeper or darker stuff mm-hmm. but yeah it definitely did not feel like the room had been used in the last 10 years if that like i don't remember too many specifics and it was one of those things where it wasn't uh, like in 2004 like that like phone cameras weren't really a thing and like right. we didn't think about taking pictures i don't know why we did it but like Maybe oh, it was no. just like the time period <laughs> at that point, but yeah. I, I wish I might. Camera. <laughs> <laughs> <Something's> <laughs> yeah. I um. Go ahead, Meg. No, no, no. You can go. I, I was going to say. Ready, so. I know the first time that I heard the shorter version of your story, um, you had mentioned too, like one of the hypotheses from your family is also that maybe if that room was used potentially by a backpack guy or at some point, like they could have somehow known about it based off of mm-hmm. what it used to be used for if it was an exorcism room, which mm-hmm. is super interesting too, because like, yeah, you'd have, like, if let's, like, if Backpack Guy did use it, he'd have to have known it was there. You wouldn't right. just be like, yeah, it wouldn't have just like, he didn't build it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that's why it's, it's kind of interesting is like, I, I guess like we didn't know too much about the previous owners or like my grandparents didn't know too much when they, when they bought it. It's not like they kind of like, looked through but yeah we, we always like kind of think through of like oh maybe backpack guy knew or was like related to exorcist yeah. guy in some yeah. way and kind of knew that this was available i don't know <laughs> but, but yeah it was it was definitely a scary time of like hey here's like two possible scenarios and maybe they're related and maybe they're not but at the yeah. same time it, it's almost a weird coincidence that you know maybe backpack back, backpack guy knew about this room maybe he didn't maybe he's not even related at all still <laughs> yeah exactly all of it <laughs> i know i just feel there's I, so many things that i did like. your family ever look into the priest like do you know this like you know his name you don't have to say it but like did you look into where he is now is he a crazy person because like maybe it wasn't just exorcisms that got yeah. him kicked out of I don't think, I don't think we did uh, enough research or like enough, like actually looking into things as past what's public information kind of thing. Um, We, we did, we did look into like some of the articles and it wasn't anyone that we could find just by searching that name, like within the article, other than we knew that name from the public records of who had owned it. Mm -hmm. And then we found that name through the article and it wasn't like we could find him again. We haven't done super in-depth research in like the past five years, maybe five to eight years. So I'd be curious like if I could, what I could find now perhaps, but yeah, it's something that um, was one of those things where like, 
you know, maybe we shouldn't look into this more, but maybe we <laughs> right. should at the same time. Yeah. Josh, this is how you get famous, right? Yeah, this, this is you do your exactly. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Either, I mean, either famous I, or something else. Yeah, seriously, infamous. Because I know um, the Catholic Church does allow for exorcisms to this day. Okay. There's just a lot of regulations that go into it because they need to know that it's like an act of like, like an unnatural act versus like someone say with schizophrenia or, you know, they want to, because there's been a lot of times, really terrible times where people have like died from exorcisms, things like that. When in reality, they just needed like something else. (laughs) Mental illness help. Yeah. Yeah. Or I feel like it's other stuff too. But so even up as recent to like the nineties, him doing exorcisms that were illegal makes me think they were not like on the up and up. Yeah. But so I don't know. I can't decide if like he's like a cool like rogue priest that's like doing something <laughs> big in this really haunted murder house. You know what I mean? Like maybe he was just a friend of someone who found the hole before you. Like there's so many things going through my head. I'm like thinking like Amityville horror, like maybe something really bad <laughs> happened in the 1900s and then someone was living yeah. there. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm going crazy, Josh. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's, that's very fine. And I, I, I don't even know how oh. early the, the, the building was built. I believe early 1900s. Mm-hmm. I don't, I would have to get a specific date uh, mm-hmm. on that, but I, I don't think before then for sure, but I think like 1920s, maybe. But Flagstaff is like old west, right? Mm-hmm. Am I mistaken yeah, for, or for is it the, not? For the most part, I, I would say like it's it's definitely it's definitely historic town. I think especially a lot of different parts of it is I, I wouldn't say old west, but definitely old historic. Old Okay. Because I did yeah. wonder like if maybe before the current building was built, maybe there was some kind of like place there before and maybe that's where like the root cellar or whatever like maybe it was a part of that before like Hmm. uh more contemporary structure was built like in the 1900s you know yeah definitely and it that's that's definitely possible like i i I always wonder if it was um if it was just something that uh like perhaps there was another room uh you know to the side yeah that there was a different entrance to this room you know and they built uh, another entrance for the modern house kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's something that we didn't really look into too much. Cause I think we, we kind of like, I think, I think we finished like closed everything off and then basically we're like, Oh, well, we'll just let the new owners deal with this kind of thing. Um, I do know <laughs> that the new, the owners after my grandparents did end up getting permits for that room so that they could call it like a sixth bedroom or whatever it was. <gasps> So that's, no. that's definitely odd. I haven't looked back in the house since then, but we'll oh see. my god, <laughs> that's so funny. I was gonna say, like, before you guys left, you should have just. I mean, this is really dark, but you should have just gone down there with shovels and see what was underneath, because I'm sure there was crap in that dirt. Yeah, gold yep. bodies and stuff. Golden bodies. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I was just like, I would have played the biggest prank on the new owners to be like, see you soon, <laughs> like, and just painting them the wall. <laughs> That's the difference oh, between me and Meg is curiosity versus pranks. Yeah, no, I would take this very seriously. I'd put my own little caution tape out. I would be very intense if I found a murder room in my house. Seriously. <laughs> I, yeah, there's still so much. I, I love that you mentioned, like, maybe there's another way in. Because then that's like a whole other thing, too. Maybe Backpack Guy was just checking to make sure he still had the room. 
Like if he yeah. made it, like Ooh. they find it, you know what I mean? Or, or is this still like an option for me? You know, like maybe this is a crime. Maybe there's crimes he's committed like way in the past. And the other, like, yeah, really... like maybe his, yeah, I was gonna say like maybe his other, uh, his other entrance got closed off or he like, he wasn't able to go through it. In exactly. That way. So he, yeah. Maybe yeah. he was coming back with those bodies or something. It was like, Oh, shit there's a fridge there now or something <laughs> you know um yeah. but the other like thing I, we have to talk about is that your whole family felt angry and first of all the craziest thing that you said was we were all fighting about who has to go back up i was like that's none of you want to <laughs> yeah, leave that's really strange yeah <laughs> that, I, I i that is a weird way to say it, i guess but yeah i guess it's i guess it's kind of true like we were all fighting about like like we were all like oh someone's gonna go do this but it was all like we didn't want to go do it or like we were all like i'm not gonna do that like yeah we we were just all (laughs) upset at each other for like the littlest things of like oh like why did you come down here first i I remember i got yelled at because i was like they're like why did you come down here first like why 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 wasn't i the one who came down here first it's like oh that's does that matter (laughs) yeah also you're just like you sent me down here i'm nine years old like (laughs) or i'm 11 or whatever age i'm a tween yeah yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, one of the things I find um, <laughs> to do you know like some of the past presidents who stayed there or like people of note? Um, I I don't I don't remember for sure. I know like Coolidge um, or something like. <laughs> no, I think, and maybe it wasn't like maybe it wasn't like um, maybe vice maybe, presidents. Literally anybody important would be interesting. Yeah, I. I I think it was Jimmy Carter or like someone related to Jimmy Carter or something like that. Nice. I just thought to myself, like, (laughs) imagine a world where it's like Jimmy Carter's. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, that'd be awesome. I could make a lot of money off of this store for sure. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. This is so wild. My one thing, too, is so you're. Your family thought the backpack guy was weird, but they didn't talk to him, right? Like, did they have any conversations with him or did they like kind of, because I know like my family were nosy. So I feel like, yeah. like we're comfy, but we're nosy. So I feel like they'd be like, where were you, buddy? Like, how is your night <laughs> out? I think my, my grandparents are definitely people who are, they're, they're nosy, but more like the sarcastic, I'm going to like, I'm going to tease it out of you kind right. of nosy yeah. um but i don't think they were very much like that with with uh with guests maybe mm-hmm. just because of that but it was also That's like a very homey kind of feel too right. but i remember them saying how um he didn't say anything at breakfast because most of the times they would like eat with the guests for breakfast mm-hmm. and it would be mm-hmm. like a kind of just like a home-cooked breakfast meal um and he wouldn't say much even to the other guests who would just kind of eat and he would say like, Oh, like how's, how's your night? And he would just answer with good or it was okay. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't think they pride too much. I'd have to. Can you describe them for us? Cause I'm like picturing, I don't know if I'm picturing what he looked like. Yeah. He was, um, probably late sixties. Oh, um, see, I really... thought he was young. I thought he was way younger than that. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe, late 50s early 60s okay. um but very very lean and fit in in that sense too mm-hmm. where um he, he always would carry this backpack with with him he would always wear it wasn't like he was just wearing jeans or anything it was always slacks and a button-up shirt 
Uh-huh. Um, and then he he kind of had like disheveled hair, but it was like still put together. It was like he shaved every day. Like he had a routine kind of thing. And it wasn't like he looked homeless, but he definitely looked ancient, I guess is a good word. Like maybe he, he looked like he didn't fit in. Mm-hmm. Ooh, see that completely changes for me because I was thinking a younger dude and definitely mm-hmm. like homeless, like a a young wanderer. And now I'm like, oh, this is like he could have just been like some sort of cryptid, just trying yeah. to fit in, or like an <laughs> alien. Flagstaff is known for their aliens. He could just be like a gray, just out there. I'm going insane today. I'm sorry, but the <laughs> no, story no, is just so mood. cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Wow. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even think about that yeah but it, it was one of those things where like he you you wouldn't be surprised if he was able to carry a body downstairs but at the same time mm. you would be kind of shocked too but you yeah. wouldn't at the same time it was like one of those guys where he looked like he could do something bad but he looked like your you know old uncle kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was like a fear response that like you you all naturally picked up on without knowing why that is so creepy yeah yeah Yeah. i think it's also interesting too like your grandparents seem so chill about the fact that the bed and breakfast was probably haunted (laughs) (laughs) they're just like like, i don't know it's fine i don't i don't think they ever like looked into oh if there was ever like any known murders or anything like super weird that happened in the past with the with the building um you know other than the room, of course, but they, yeah, it was always like, oh yeah, it's, it's probably haunted. Cause they were like, yeah, there was always this one door that never stayed locked or there was always this, this one light that would just turn on and turn off on its own kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was like that, this thing that was kind of like accepted. And yeah. at first I thought that was like, oh, that's just who my grandma is for the most part. Um, <laughs> but at the same time it was like, oh, but that would make sense then with everything that we know now. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so interesting because if your grandparents owned that Airbnb today and there was no pandemic, then mm. they could A, make a killing off of Airbnb and B, rent out or give tours of this creepy basement. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, if yeah. your grandparents owned it today, there would be nothing that stopped me from going to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'd I'm be just paranormal investigating. Oh, oh yeah. I just want to see it. It sounds terrible. The stairs, there's too many stairs. Like it's very deep. So um, I'm from the East Coast and it's so funny how you mm. were jealous of basements because that is like, that blew my mind because as a kid, the basement was the scariest place in the house. And if you have siblings, <laughs> it was the best place to lock a sibling into. So, mm-hmm. uh. so it was never like, we weren't really loud down there anyway anyway because there's like nails and junk you know what I mean so it's not like yeah. it was never fun having one mm-hmm. so but it, I've never seen a basement that's that deep so yeah, I don't know I guess, if maybe in it, Flagstaff yeah, it, de- it definitely felt like it was like a it definitely felt like it was like you know you went out of a alley and like down into like a, another floor almost wow. like if, if you were like outside that's that's what it kind of felt like and it was never yeah that, that was that was the other thing was like there was a lot of like different three level four level type homes where it was like oh you kind of had like a half basement uh-huh. but this was definitely 
uh, even though the the bed and breakfast kind of sat, you know, a little bit above ground level, this was definitely still a whole floor underneath the ground. Wow. I mean, to me, it does sound like root cellars, but I don't know enough about what Arizona is like to know if that would have been a thing that was Mm. needed. I mean, I guess in the early 1900s, it's plausible, right? Like you would need some kind of cold storage cellar to keep Mm. things from spoiling. Yeah, no, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And it it was that kind of like feeling of... um, like I, I still like, like this to this day. day, we still like are wondering. Yeah, yeah. It basically looked a lot like what Alyssa pulled up on the screen right now. Oh no, because there's like you know however many steps. Like that's that's a weird number of steps. I that's agree. Weird. Like it's not a full flight of steps, but it's not just like three steps down. Yeah. But I don't and, know. Also, this is from like this isn't from a place in Arizona, so who knows if that you know <laughs> was really it. Yeah, we we never figured out if there was a light down there. We don't think there was. Um, the other oh. thing that was odd was we don't really know what the table, like the concrete table, was for, or like originally like intended for, because it it wasn't enough to be like a huge table. It was basically the size of like a normal desk, except shorter. Mm. Um, so it was probably maybe three feet off the ground maybe three to four feet and maybe like five feet long by three feet wide. Wow. What a weird table. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. I just had a thought to myself. I was like, I wonder how meat was butchered back then. Or maybe that was like a butchering room. Going like with your root cellar, if they canned stuff. Yeah, maybe. Could have been like a place, like a workplace for that. But I don't know, man. It was in the middle of the room. Yeah, it was basically right in the middle of the room. So you would oh, walk down and there was so there was weird. place around it. And uh, like I said, those tools were on the wall when we first went down there. And and maybe it, they, it wasn't like dirty sheets either. It was just kind of like uh, just thrown blankets and kind of almost looked like someone either was living there or mm. had maybe taken a nap there. I don't know. <sighs> Gosh, okay, because I didn't want to say this, but now that you have opened the door, we need to talk about one of my greatest fears, which is mystery squatters in the home. Oh, that is, man. anytime I hear a true crime podcast or a story of like something like that happens, biggest fear. So the fact that you're just like, I mean, it was walled up. So really, unless there was some kind of secret entrance to another like part of the house or something, probably not really used, but. The fact that there could just be like somebody who was just hanging out in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Until they were trapped behind a refrigerator. (laughs) And they're like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I I always wonder, you know, like if there was like if there's a a way to maybe contact the current owner or anything. But like if there was another entrance, because that wasn't something that we, I guess, thought of at the time to like look yeah. for. It was yeah. just one of those things where like, oh, like this is weird. Let's just board it up and, yeah. you know, 
kind of well, thing. and also uh, probably like if you all were in the process of preparing to sell, I don't know what, at what stage you all were at at the time, but like mm-hmm. if you're just like, we've already had the inspection, we're not declaring this, yeah, <laughs> or, right? Or you're exactly. like, we close tomorrow, <laughs> we gotta finish packing. Yeah, like, there's just different priorities sometimes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's yeah, basically to, like, what it was. Yeah, it's hard to like jump in with your like crime solving brain. <laughs> When you're like, we got, we got to move. We got to get our things out of here. Oh yeah. Well, nice. This story was wild. Oh my God. I loved it. It was so scary. It's so scary. Most of us, i.e. comedians, treat open mics as a necessary evil. But not Silas P. Every week, Silas talks to a veteran of the sights, sounds, and smells of the Philly open mic scene, sharing stories of momentary triumph and lingering failure with enough shit talk sprinkled in to make you listen to hear your name. I'm like 35% sure that I'm in there. So pay attention, hang out in the room, and maybe you'll learn why you got bumped on the launching pod. Let's talk about Meg's story. Yeah, this one's uh, creepy too, but solved, I guess. Um, (laughs) So since we're talking about creepy basements, we thought, why not talk about a founding father's dark secrets? In 1998, conservationists were doing work on Ben Franklin's London home when they found skeletons buried in the basement. Per an article from the Smithsonian, forensics confirmed the bones were from Franklin's time period. In all, there were over 1,200 pieces of bone recovered, uh, totaling about six body, uh, 10 bodies, and six of them were children. Ugh. Oh, wow. Weird, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Naturally, this began the investigation into seeing if our founding father was also a serial killer, um, which, God, not to spoil it, I wish. Yeah. (laughs) Um, At first, people believed maybe the bodies were connected to a Freemason ritual because Ben was known to be one. Um, However, after a little more research, it's possible his good friend William Hewson was running an anatomy school in his basement. I really wanted, I, after reading this i looked up like founding fathers murderer just to see if we could talk about that but they you know they were awful but not murderers (laughs) so we have that going for us according to the mental foss article titled that time they found those bodies in ben franklin's basement (laughs) dissection i know it's it gets right to the point the hard (laughs) thing with finding these articles is they always spoil the fun i'm like all right (laughs) yeah Let's like build up to that, you guys. So according to this article, dissection of human bodies was prohibited by law. A steady supply of human bodies was hard to come by legally. So Houston, Hunter, and the field's other pioneers had to turn to grave robbing, either paying professional resurrection men to procure cadavers or digging them up themselves to get their hands on specimens. So researchers think that the London home was an irresistible spot for Houston to establish his own anatomy lab. The tenant was a trusted friend, the landlady was his mother-in-law, and he was flanked by convenient sources for corpses. Uh, the bodies could be smuggled from graveyards and delivered to the wharf at one end of the street, or snatched from the gallows at the other end. When he was done with them, <laughs> I know, perfectly located. <laughs> <laughs> are you a doctor? Let me tell you how close to these gallows we are. When he was done with them, Houston simply buried whatever was left of the bodies in the basement, rather than sneak them out or up out for disposal elsewhere and risk getting caught or prosecuted for dissection. 
okay, so this is kind of gross, but the year Franklin left England and returned to North American, Houston actually fell victim to his scientific pursuits, accidentally cutting himself while dissecting a putrid body and dying from an infection. Yeah. What a way Yuck. to go. You're that just is- desserts. Damn, I wonder if they just not anyway. <laughs> like after he died, if they looked at him, <laughs> resurrected Sorry. him. I I swear this ends uh sort of happy. I tried. Um, so that's <laughs> gross. I figured uh after the story you'd have a lot of questions about body snatching. Um, body snatching was a highly illegal and lucrative endeavor in the 1800s. Medical schools clamored to purchase fresh bodies to use for dissection and anatomy lessons. Per the article Body Snatching in the 1800s, medical schools felt it was a necessary evil that the discoveries made from their research were more important than the breaches in morality that caused them. (laughs) I really love this. Often the teachers were responsible for obtaining their own bodies for class. (laughs) I was like, even bodies, of course, our government is terrible. <laughs> they would pay the teachers, the schools would pay the teachers money, and they then those teachers would go to grave robbers, no questions asked. Once the bodies, again, this is pretty dark. Once the bodies were obtained, medical students were advised to remove any recognizable features of the cadaver first in case a search of the medical college by authorities took place. <laughs> Crazy. The Hippocratic Oath ends as once soon you're as dead. You die. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care anymore. The demand for bodies were so high it caused the creation of resurrectionists or ghouls. This would be a group of people working as a team to steal bodies. One would drive, one would dig, and the other would keep watch. And I was like, how do you pick like between <laughs> I don't want to dig? Like I will keep Not watch it. or drive. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, yeah. There was one person doing way more work in that situation. So. I'm pretty sure whoever owns the car at the time gets to drive, right? Like, not everybody had a car. It'd be the only time I offer to drive. I hate driving any other time. <laughs> Another popular tactic would be to have women pretend to be grieving relatives of someone who died in the poorhouse. So they would go and claim people's bodies. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Smart, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there was another reason to, to grave rob besides giving them to medical schools. According to an article by Life Science titled Six Most Gruesome Grave Robbing Stories. Don't worry, this isn't too gross because I tried to keep it not that gross. Uh, (laughs) Some of them were pretty gross, but uh, according to this article, silent film icon Charlie Chaplin died in December of 1977. Several months later, in March 1978, his grave was found open, a pile of fresh earth piled next to the hole. According to a contemporary report by the Associated Press, Chaplin's entire coffin was missing and drag marks in the grass suggested it had been dragged to a nearby alley and whisked away by truck. Hmm. Yeah. At first, there was no hint as to who had stolen the famed body. Some speculated that crazy fans had stolen him to repatriate it to his native England. But then it took more than two months to discover the body snatchers, a Bulgarian and a Polish immigrant who demanded a ransom of 332,000 British crowns, equivalent to approximately 1.7 million British pounds today, or $2.6 million. So they're holding his body ransom. Wow. <laughs> Not even I mean, he, wow. Was a, he was an international treasure, though. Yeah, mm. well, they're doing it. They're, it's kind of messed up because it's like his family. They're like charging yeah. his family. But fortunately, Chaplin's widow had no interest in paying the ransom. A police spokesman told the Glasgow Herald, for her, her husband was in heaven and in her heart and nowhere else. 
but she led the body snatchers on so that police could monitor their calls demanding ransom. They eventually nabbed one of the co-conspirators in a phone booth in Lausanne, Switzerland. How do you say Swiss, Swiss places? Anyway. <laughs> in Switzerland. In just beautiful Switzerland. <laughs> According to the Herald, Chaplin's body was found buried in a cornfield 12 miles from the cemetery. Great. He was reburied <laughs> in the same grave, but with the addition of a concrete tomb around the casket. So there was a lot going like. I don't know. I tried to find like fun grave digging stories, which there aren't any. <laughs> Just FYI, there's none. Yeah, anytime you have to exhume a body <laughs> for funny- profit or for investigation, <laughs> it's never a good thing. <laughs> um, what was it? The funnest thing I could find was like a question, which was like, when does grave robbing become archaeology? And like everyone just fighting about it. And you're like, mm. That's a good meme. Yeah, Yeah, but it's crazy that like there was a time where science needed bodies so bad that it was cool to just rob. And like people couldn't stop it. Like in the 1800s, like they would they would have to like try really hard to make sure this didn't happen to their loved ones. Yeah. It's interesting to think about how many if if there were if there were any and how many lives were saved because people robbed graves. Right. learned stuff about it. That's kind of what they said in the article, too, was like the cops were actually very torn. They they patrolled this stuff really loosely because they also acknowledged like the like great achievements that were coming from people being able to dissect bodies. So they were like, ah, they they didn't want to press charges all the time. Mm. I don't know. Oh, we're on drugs all over again. Oh, yeah. Only like, it's <laughs> old times. So it's <laughs> medical advancement. <laughs> yeah i think it's so gross my sister's a doctor and she'll talk about how like she had to dissect people and stuff and i'm just like this is terrible i don't ugh. yeah but at the same time when i inevitably break my wrist and need your sister to fix me like i want her to have that yeah have that experience. Have some practice <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> i really wanted ben franklin to be a serial killer you guys like i really <laughs> Oh, it would have changed my life. I I wanted to find at least one, like, I was like, because there's 50 founding fathers. I was like, there has to be one crazy one, right? Out of 50 in those days. Oh, absolutely. They probably just kept it, like, really good secret. I mean, they were in the Freemasons, many of them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also kind of relieved that Ben Franklin wasn't the one experimenting on the bodies, because I was like, he's not a doctor, right? Like... I, don't know. I mean, he he's a doctor of the discovery of electricity. Mm, that's fair. Doctor it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have one little more piece. This was like a really dark topic, um, and I didn't want to end like kind of on a dark topic. Um, so I googled funny Ben Franklin quotes, <laughs> and <laughs> I found three that. So everyone says that Ben Franklin's so funny, and I read two hundred fifty, and they were fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, all right. He was funny you first know. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, ben Franklin, a hard middler <laughs> at the yeah. comedy club. Yeah, timid. He could maybe host. Um, that's what I do. But, um, okay, so the first one is, and I want to hear your guys' opinion. The first one is, men and melons are hard to know. Melons, like, like a brain? I thought he meant melons like the fruit. I guess I don't like, <laughs> because, because like you can't really tell 
with certain <laughs> melons like what it is from the looking at it mm. i guess that's what i thought right. too yeah, it's oh if it's right there you go because yeah, i was yeah. like oh i guess but now that i think about it i can tell there's between a cantaloupe and a watermelon by looking at it. <laughs> yeah but it's hard to know if you have a good one i always struggle yeah. like i think i think that's what he meant like when you're picking a cantaloupe yeah, yeah. So that was the first one. I know. I was like, all right. Well, the second one I have are guests like fish begin to smell after three days. <laughs> yep. That's a good yep. one. That would that have done fine in stand up, I think. I think um, <laughs> my problem, because we're comics, I don't know if Alyssa discloses that she's a comic. To her I talk job. about it a lot. Yeah. Oh, you do? Okay. Because no, I really, try, but sometimes I try not to. And then I just end up telling everybody any, like, I have nothing else. But um, I feel like these are all setups. Like they're great. Like they just need like they're Mitch Hedberg jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm just reading <laughs> them wrong. Okay, I only have one more, and I actually think this one's pretty funny. I wake up every morning at nine and grab the morning paper. Then I look at the obituary page. If my name is not on it, I get up. <laughs> <laughs> they're called aphorisms is what they're called aphorisms yeah so love your neighbor yet don't pull down the hedge the fish one he like, he was the first guy to say no pain no gain yeah <laughs> really yeah he that. did crossfit i don't know if you guys know that <laughs> big crossfit guy <laughs> yeah so that's well, my nice. story it was um i don't know i feel like you guys didn't have a lot of input on it <laughs> all can, of them all of them do sound like Dave Chappelle, like punchlines where like you'll tell a whole story and then I'll be like, oh, yeah. But because if uh, house guests are like fish, if they stay for three days, they start to smell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah maybe they, it's just the they need like a better setup. That's These are true. just yeah. the closers. Yeah. <laughs> closers in their context. Oh, man. These, are the, these are the kinds where like the, the, the new stand up comedian says like 20 in a row and hopes that one lands. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've heard comics just do this for 10 minutes. And feel like, <laughs> it's, um, what was that guy's, um, oh, Neil, three mics, two mics, three mics. The guy who wrote for Dave Chappelle. A famous guy? Yeah, Neil, Neil Brennan. Yeah, um, Neil Brennan. Wasn't his three mics thing something really fun, though? Like, each mic was a different type of joke? So one mic was him telling a bunch of one-liners that he wrote, but never like could weave in. One was him telling like really true stories Mm -hmm. um, that were really hard to tell. And then like one of them was, um, I forget what the third mic was, but it was like each like position on the stage had a different like feel to it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was really good. It was on Netflix. I really really liked it. It was really fun. Yeah. 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 Ben Franklin just does mic one. Make one yeah. <laughs> they didn't have enough technology for him to have three mics running then come on man i t- to be the person that found those bones in ben franklin's basement oh my god to be the person who had the funny to be like i live in ben franklin's old house i think it's it's the one in london and i think it's some sort of like it's it's run by people like it's being ah. preserved it's not ah. like yeah 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 I wonder if they went to his other houses and just dug them up. Too, oh, you know just... what I remember now? Ben Franklin had a house in Flagstaff, Arizona. What? <laughs> really? Yeah, it, it was repurposed into a bed and breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Alyssa, sometimes I don't get that you're joking and I sound stupid. Dan, edit that out. <laughs> Not her joke, just my reaction. Dan, keep that in. 
because I just feel like, you know, one thing it shows us is that over the eons, having creepy mystery secret basement secrets, it's an American classic, even in Europe. Making me feel yeah. like we've misused our basement. We just store <laughs> more junk. Apparently, it's not, being, thing- <laughs> it's not being used to its full potential. Yeah. Gotta yeah. get some dead bodies in there. At true. least one. It's true. Well, nice. I, I'm i really excited. Are you all ready to play a game? Yes. Yeah. I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to describe the game. We are playing Would You Rather. So what we will do is we will each make up a, two things that you have to choose between, and then we'll talk about our choices and we'll share them. So, for example, would you rather... Uh, <laughs> would you rather dig the grave of oh that is a resurrection man (laughs) or (laughs) would you rather uh be a medical student with a moral dilemma right and so Mm -hmm. those are that's the kind of question that like you create and then we'll like talk about let's start with the question that i asked initially so we'll do four questions total would you rather be the the person digging up a body a resurrection man but you were going to get paid or would you rather be a med student with a moral dilemma about using a resurrection man? I think I know my answer. Go ahead. I would want to be a doctor. 100%. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to dig up a dead body. I just, it's so much cardio. I can do, I'm very good at just sitting at a window pane on a rainy day and pondering. Yeah, I think I'm made for just being like, oh, I mean, yeah, (laughs) I'm comfortable with just pondering my moral dilemmas. Or is it more cardio if you're the uh, student doctor working on their heart? Oh, yeah. What about you, Josh? I think I would rather be the digger because I think I could probably like have less of a moral dilemma of just like accomplishing the task than <laughs> actually defacing someone's body. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Goals oriented. <laughs> I am somebody who has had the wood sitting outside for a raised garden for over a month. Because I don't <laughs> take up the <laughs> Love it. But I do feel like if my job was to dig the hole, like, absolutely. So I think I'm going to be, I'm going to be the digger as well. Nice. I think it's my choice. Yeah. I'm not saying I'll be good at it, but I'm saying that that sounds better than being the doctor. Yeah. Meg, why don't you tell us yours next? Okay. Would you rather stay a night in Ben Franklin's basement or stay a night in that creepy basement in the bed and breakfast god damn it Meg. that was also my question oh sorry <laughs> no it's okay oh, that was a, that's a classic great question it's a good question <laughs> yeah josh i'll let you ponder and you can go first while i create another question um <laughs> i would probably rather stay at night in ben franklin's wow really because i think there's 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 maybe more certainty i probably could find out more <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it doesn't seem as uh as as crazy. Mm-hmm. Maybe because it's more, I'm more moved. 
Yeah, um, true. That's true. You that's true. Experienced it. Hmm. I think I, I, you know, it's so funny because we keep picking the opposite stuff. I want to stay in the bed and breakfast basement because it's more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is all hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know. I just want to spend a night there and see like if anything comes up or like if I can find anything. I feel like Ben Franklin's is so cut and dry where it's like definitely creepy. Like there's bones, there were bones there. There's no way there's not something, but like, mm-hmm. I feel like just like the energy you described, Josh, like, ah, I want to know like what is going on with that place. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's just so much like unfinished business. There's just so many questions that yeah. I want answered. I always feel like I'm bad at answering these questions because I think of the other factors. Like if I'm in Benjamin Franklin's skeleton's basement, that means I'm in England and I've never been there. That sounds great. Let's go. <laughs> I've been in my house for six months. Like, can't there. <laughs> so I do think that, um, I think that would be really interesting because it's like historical too. So there's like that element of, mm-hmm. um, having that other kind of connection. Right. Yeah. 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 That is pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. Josh, why don't you go next? Um, my question was, uh, thinking from the perspective of podcast people mm-hmm. would you rather interview a serial killer mm. or the leader of a dangerous cult mm. Ooh. Ooh. uh well okay mm. hmm. oh, both man. both could be dead or alive Let's say are that. they currently captive or are they still at large because that's uh, really important, right? Like, pro- let's let's say captive, so known serial killer that has been caught, or leader of an FBI, or leader of a cult that has been put to oh. rest. Oh, okay. If the cult is put to rest, hundred percent, I wanted to talk to the cult guy. If the cult followers are still alive and could like come after me if they don't like the way I did the interview, then serial <laughs> killer all the way. So there's a lot yeah. of conditionals, but just on its face, like I think that cult personalities are super interesting Mm -hmm. and i just would have so many questions um for the interview portion on its face right like not for the story that you build around like the interview but yeah that i would definitely be interested in that it's again i would pick different i would want to talk to the serial killer Mm -hmm. i just like uh, i'm like a very like empathetic person so I don't, like, this is something that I just cannot comprehend. I just feel like if I'm trying to do, like, the craziest podcast, like, I think having someone that's, like, so inhuman, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just think it would be crazy to just try to, like, get into, because some people, like, the why is just so random and dumb. <laughs> and it's just like, dang. Yeah. And I'd love to, like, if they're captured and there's no chance of escape, I love to like sarcastic them a little bit. Like, oh, you had to. You felt like the demons were telling you you had to kill that girl. All right, punk idiot. Yeah. You know, what demons I mean? didn't tell you you had to, had to go to work. Yeah, demons <laughs> like the rest of us. Yeah, about that stupid haircut you had all through the '90s. Guess the demons weren't really looking out for you that much, huh? Yeah. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I think I'm on the same boat where I'll probably want to interview a serial killer. Um, 
especially if you're like watching something like Mindhunter, for example. Because I, yes, I think uh, I, I think interviewing a um, interviewing a cult leader, they would they wouldn't be as honest. I think mm-hmm. they would still try to like spin things, and because I feel like most cult leaders are really like charismatic, very charming mm. people, they would probably like want to get you to see things from their perspective. Where mm-hmm. I think serial killers, like, yeah, I did this, so what kind of thing? Mm-hmm. I think well, most most I would say, yeah, sure. So yeah, I'll go serial killer. Hmm. I mean, both would be compelling in those circumstances. Oh, yeah. So there's no wrong answer for sure. <laughs> You know what? I think that's a great poll we should put out after the episode is to see what other people would want. Would you rather yeah. be a serial killer or that's a great question for a cult leader. Hmm. Uh, okay. Last question, not to bring the mood down. Um, but I did come up with this real quick. Would you rather know the truth about the bed and breakfast, like what the house was in the room or would you rather know the truth about backpack guy slash, but not saying that they're definitely related, um, mm-hmm. the unsolved mis- the murderers? So you get like you mm-hmm. get like a peek into either the truth of one of those two things: what yeah. happened in the house or what happened to those you know people. I think for me, I would choose the house. Mm-hmm. because I, I think just especially with like the feeling and then just like yeah. we I think mostly because we always wanted to uh have a rational answer for what happened so we yeah. turn to the backup backpack guy and turn to you know right. like stuff like that and maybe it wasn't even that someone came in and took everything maybe it was just we saw it and then it wasn't there or, or like yeah, we were right. seeing a different version of the room or something like that. So yeah, definitely a house for me. Yeah. Especially you have that like personal experience. Like if I was in your situation, that would a hundred percent be my first answer. Like yeah. I need to know mm-hmm. what happened at that house. Mm-hmm. What about you, Meg? I agree. I think house, but like even just, it's not personal for me, but it, it's definitely the more paranormal of the two options. Mm-hmm. I feel terrible saying that because I know, I mean, the victims' families will never listen to this podcast, so it's fine. Because, but I know, like the victims' families would be like, "What the hell, you guys? Like, <laughs> <laughs> these are real people versus yeah, sure." Story. So I, I feel like a weird guilt saying that because, like, you could kind of like put people, like real life people's mind at ease. But I want to know if there's demons or if it's like a mm-hmm. ghost or mm-hmm. recurring. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I pick house, but I feel guilty about it. No, I feel kind of the same way, right? Like, if this really pushed him to shove in the real world, like, yeah, of course, I think many of, I, I think we'd all be like, if we could get justice and help for the people, we would go that route. But oh, yeah. just as a hypothetical, ridiculous question, <laughs> yeah. I would also go yeah. house. Yeah. I want to know what's going on in that house. It's yeah. kind of haunted. There are probably exorcisms. There's this weird, like, room. Like, I want to know house all the way. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like to know what Backpack Guy's deal was. Like, maybe he was just, like, in town on some kind of weird business. Maybe he had a mistress. Like, who knows? So Yeah. Maybe that, he just that'd be compelling. like yeah. taking long walks in the middle of the night. Who knows? Yeah. Right. Backpack yeah. Guy, if you're in. <laughs> you're listening to this. Let us know. Yeah. Um, the other thing I thought about, too, is I was, like, I kept thinking about with the house. Like, if you found that in there, I just feel like 
there has to be gold buried in there. Right? What if there's like a treasure? Like what if that backpack guy was coming back for treasure? Or what if that creepy room was to deter somebody from a treasure room? Right. Because if I had a treasure room, the first thing I would do is seal it closed with a fake murder room. Like that's what I would do. Yeah. And a lot of the walls were like still made of dirt and stuff too. So like oh, weird. it's possible that like, oh. you know, there's stuff hidden in the walls. It was just built up with structure of like wood oh, and concrete and stuff. Dang. Wild. This was so fun. Heck yeah. I don't It was. I'd, I like had knew the story, but when you told it again today, like I had real chills. Like not to just be like, it's the new our podcast. I was just honestly like riveted. So yes. thank you. Yes. It's so cool. Do you have anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, I guess um, I, I don't. It's, it's not really super related. Uh, yeah, no, anything. Yeah I, yeah, I guess like I do a lot of kind of different talks through creative media and digital media and stuff like that on my Twitter. So if you would like to follow me, that's at Josh Siri, J-O-S-H-C-I-R-R-E. Yeah. That's a great info there. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Meg, where can people find you? Yep, you know the drill. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Meg Gets Money. Gets spelled like my last name, G-O-E-T-Z. Nice. And you can find me at Alyssa Trust. And make sure you're following Real Chills Podcast on Instagram. Uh, happy Halloween. This yeah, is coming out right before Halloween. Halloween. We'll have stuff going on Instagram. And for anybody who wants to know a little bit more about the unsolved murders that happened near Flagstaff, Arizona, we will make sure to post that link for anyone who wants to do their own research into it. Um, so yeah. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah. Have a good one. Yeah. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Find us all the places you get podcasts and subscribe. Visit our website at realchillspodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at realchillspodcast. Do you know someone who should be on Real Chills? Is that person you? Go to realchillspodcast.com slash submit and tell us more. Special thanks to Valerie Demamber McShane. Artwork by Libby Rundell. Music by Sam Williamson. Real Chills Podcast is produced by Meg Getz and Alyssa Truskowski. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.